Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Andrade officially released by the WWE. Huge WWE Fastlane streaming issues, and I go through last night's WWE Fastlane pay-per-view. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. Last night was WWE Fastlane, but before we get into that, let's check out our news and breaking news at that. Andrade officially released from the WWE, and it's as official as official can be. WWE wrote the, the classic WWE has come to terms on the release of Andrade. We wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Uh, this comes after he requested his release at Raw earlier this month, which was originally reported to have been denied. Uh, He has been off TV since October and did have surgery during that time. And now it's official as official can be. Andrade is no longer a member of the WWE roster. Uh, Earlier throughout the day, uh, Andrade put out a cryptic tweet. I wouldn't say it's cryptic, but he said that he was very, very happy. And we all wonder why he was so happy. Uh, He was happy because he just got the news that he was released. And we got the news a little bit later from the WWE itself. Uh, They didn't want to distract from Fastlane, I'm presuming. So uh, they had the announcement be after Fastlane itself than uh, before, or else that would have been a distraction towards the pay-per-view. But uh, best of luck to Andrade. We know that he's going to end up in a big place, and no matter where that is, he's going to be able to succeed because he definitely has the in-ring talent to prove that. Imagine him in AEW on Wednesday nights. Oh, boy, that is definitely going to be a show uh, to see with Andrade there. Huge WWE Fastlane streaming issues. Uh, social media was full of complaints about last night's uh, Fastlane pay-per-view. Uh, personally, myself, I had issues as well. I originally was set to watch Fastlane on the WWE Network and planned on switching over to Peacock uh, today, as in the next day. So I, I wanted to have my last WWE pay-per-view on the network uh, be Fastlane. And I would watch it there, have no problems with it, and then move over to Peacock the next day. So uh, I would just get into the rhythm of things before uh, it was a little bit too late or it got too close where everyone was trying to do it at the same time. But it ended up happening where, for whatever reason, I was unable to view Fastlane on the WWE Network. Like It just wouldn't let me watch Fastlane on the network. I watched a kickoff show on the network. So I pretty much, I think it thought I had the free version or it said like I had no subscription tied to the account. So it was very, very odd. And for it to all come at this time, it, I really did not understand it at all. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, that happened. And now I was forced to buy the network. I had to pull out my card. I had to buy the network on Roku. And I, I'm angrily pushing all the buttons on my remote. Like, I got to do this right now. You know, and, and right in the middle of the pay-per-view. So I missed a little bit of the beginning match between um, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I, I missed a little bit of the beginning of it. I missed all the entrances and everything like that because I had to go and buy Peacock. I did not plan on buying Peacock. And that's just what ended up happening. So uh, a shame, a shame. And WWE did write on Twitter, uh, any issues occurring with uh, 
tonight's broadcast, as in last night's, of hashtag WWE Fastlane will be addressed in the future. So hopefully it will be addressed and we'll be able to figure out what happened because I think it got a lot of people upset, especially given the fact that I had to shell out $9 I didn't plan on shelling out <laughs> last night, and which really got under my skin. I had to push the buttons and uh, finally buy Peacock and something I didn't want to do until I, I had to. So... Obviously a shame there, but uh, either way, I was able to view Fastlane maybe a few minutes later than I wanted to, but I was able to view it, of course. We're going to get right into our review for last night's WWE Fastlane, but first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0, their third-generation trimmer and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to their advanced skin tape technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Let's get right into WWE Fastlane. Uh, right at the top of my notes, I say Peacock, Peacock can jump off a bridge because oh, oh, I'm so mad last night uh, having to go through that whole thing because I was so ready for Fastlane. I was all, all anticipated for it, and I was really, really excited. Uh, to get into that, I didn't write much notes on the pre-show, even though a big event did happen. I, I consider the pre-show the pre-show. I'm not going to uh, write down notes on something that, that everyone can watch for free. So... Uh, Matt Riddle, well, Riddle and Mustafa Ali had their match for the United States Championship. Riddle came in as the champion. He ended up picking up the victory with like a top rope or second rope. Uh, Bro Derek, that was a really really nice spot. Ali gets turned on by Retribution. Reckoning walks away. Slapjack walks away, and Mason T Bar uh, double choke slam uh, Ali to the the middle of the ring. So I'm, I'm not saying that is the end of Retribution as a whole. Obviously, Ali is no longer going to be the leader there, but I wonder what happens with T-Bar and Mace if they become a tag team, given they're the only two standing in the middle of the ring. Slapjack starts doing his old thing of Reckoning, uh, finds her way back into singles action, uh, and uh, becomes Mia Yim again. <laughs> Who knows, will all these guys go back into their original characters away from Ali? Uh, for it to happen in the pre-show, I feel like it was a little odd, but at the same time, it's something that they wanted everyone to see, so uh, we got to see it there. Moving on to the main card, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. I missed the start of this match, as I mentioned, but Bianca Belair was struggling early on uh, with Jax and Baszler cutting the ring in half, as causing Sasha Banks to stand ringside on the apron. Banks enters on a hot tag. Banks and Belair dominate as uh, Belair enters an interference role. Uh, Banks' a submission attempt unsuccessful as Belair is shoved into the pile by Nia Jax. Banks and Belair get into a confrontation as Banks is rolled up, causing Jax and Baszler to retain the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Uh, after the match, Belair, excuse me, Banks slaps the absolute taste out of Belair's mouth, and a piped-in crowd noise had booze for Banks. 
uh, given us to perceive that I wouldn't say this is a full-fledged heel turn, but a moment that would not make a lot of people happy. Uh, a huge, absolutely huge slap. No, nothing held back by Banks. She slapped, when I say slapped the taste out of Belair's mouth, uh, she'll be lucky to feel her, her left cheek uh, in a few days because that looked like it really, really hurt. And that was a good slap there by Banks. But uh, as I mentioned in the prediction show, I had Belair and Banks winning this match. Obviously, that didn't happen. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are still the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Uh, but as I said, this is a lose-lose-lose situation. It, either you put the belts on Belair and Banks and it hurts the rest of the tag team uh, division given that the belts are on two people having a feud at the moment. So how does that make everyone else in the tag team division look who are actually friendly with one another and uh, are true tag teams and established tag teams on their own? Uh, you keep the belts on Jax and Baszler uh, and at that point you have to pin either uh, Banks or Belair. They pin Banks in this one so making Banks look weak going into WrestleMania. Or you end up in a, a wonky finish where you kind of sort of had this wonky finish. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a false finish or a no DQ or anything like that. But people pay money, good money for pay-per-views to not see false finishes. And I felt like we, we didn't fully see one here. But at the same time, uh, it, it was walking that line. And uh, the slap at the end, I wouldn't say made up for it, but it definitely helped. And uh, once again, it was just a tough situation to put yourself and you book yourself in a corner like for the short term. And the match was it was okay. I wouldn't say it was anything mind-boggling. But uh, there's no real reason for this to be a match with, with Belair and Banks. Like, they could have saved this type of segment for a SmackDown. You know, they could they could have had a match, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler versus Belair and Banks for the women's tag team ch- titles. And this exact thing happens on a SmackDown. And Banks slaps Belair, and that's it. That's fine. I did not need to see this on a fast lane. I'd much rather have seen Natalia or Tamina or the Riot Squad or any other tag team in this division that they aren't being used at the moment. You know, Naomi and Lana, whatever. I don't even care anymore. This is some type of tag team uh, I would like to see be in, involved in some way, shape, or form that's not Belair and Banks versus Jackson Baszler. And I was hoping that would have came at NXT, but I guess not. Next match, Apollo Crews versus Big E for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Big E out the gates, very, very hot and strong uh, with a spear through the ropes onto the outside, crashing both Big E and Crews on the outside of the ring. As action falls back in the ring, Crews finds an opening and exploits it. The two get into a roll-up battle with Big E and Crews botch the finish causing an awkward moment. Cruz uh, stands tall after attacking Big E, but Big E did win the match. Uh, he did end up getting the pinfall f- and retaining the Intercontinental Championship. And this is an absolute shame because a lot of people uh, really, really predicted this match to be this this show-stealing match. Everyone thought this match was going to be the next big thing. Uh, they thought that these two were going to put on a barn burner, that these two were just going to tear the absolute house down. One, it, it was the second match of the night. It wasn't a show. It wasn't an open Opener. It wasn't obviously it wasn't the main event, so it obviously the WWE didn't look at it that, at that way. And at the same time, Cruz and Biggie messed up the the ending. Even if they meant to have it look like that and have it be a roll up spot for Biggie to retain, it looked very very awkward because both shoulders were on the mat for both people, and it just didn't look right. It just didn't look right. I feel like these two deserved a better match, and I hope we'll see that in the future. But this is once again goes on to my point. I still don't think Big E is ready for a, a true heavyweight and a world championship run because of moments like these. I feel like he's still not 
that crisp in the ring. And when it comes to singles wrestling, I'm never going to deny his tag team talent. He's but part of one of the greatest, if not the greatest tag teams in the world in the New Day. I'm never, ever going to deny that. But when it comes down to singles wrestling, I'm not sure if Big E is ready yet to be world champion. And obviously, same thing with Apollo Crews. Obviously, he's not in the co- that conversation yet. But Big E has been talked about in that conversation for a very, very long time. So I feel like his promo work still needs some work uh, for Big E. And his in-ring stuff, especially moments like these, and his move set, yeah, I would like to see a different type of match. You know, we saw the the splash in the corner, but we didn't see the Yurinagi in this one, so that makes me laugh. That I, I talked about, obviously, oh, the Yurinagi every match, but we didn't see it in this one. Very funny. Elias versus Braun Strowman. Elias earlier in the night in an effort to perform at WrestleMania. Uh, he is placed in the match in the spot of an injured Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, who was supposed to be in this match, it was supposed to be Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman, ended up being changed because of a kayfabe injury prior to the show. Uh, they showed a video of it happening. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. Uh, Strowman uh, looks really strong, obviously. Elias, ringside partner Jackson Riker, gets involved to distract Strowman, uh, but doesn't really work that well. Running power slam. For Strowman to pick up the win. Uh, no real reason for this match to happen on a pay-per-view, obviously. Especially if this was going to be what's happened. I feel like this was a last-minute booking decision. Obviously, with uh, Shane McMahon going out with a kayfabe injury. And are they going to save this for Mania? I guess so. I guess we're going to see this at Mania. Uh, what are the bets on the over-under of, of how high... Uh, Shane McMahon jumps off of something 50 feet, you know, <laughs> what's what's the over under there? Yeah, 50 feet and a half. What's it going to be like someone set the line for me and and uh, I'll tell you if I'm taking the over or the under. That would be a good one to do as we get closer and closer to Mania. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Great to see Rollins in ring once again. Uh, we haven't seen him in a, a match in a very long time. I, I, I want to say his last match was at Survivor Series, but I could be wrong. But I think that's the last big match I remember was at Survivor Series. But now he's back. Uh, no, actually, it was the, the Royal Rumble. That, that's the last time we've seen him in action. Because that's where he made his, uh, I wouldn't say lackluster return, but where he made his return. Uh, great to see him in ring, as always. Uh, Rollins battling out of pure anger and embarrassment after the past few weeks he's been through with the Cesaro swing and, and being embarrassed by Cesaro. Uh, by him uh, standing on the outside of the ring. And he's really fighting off that emotion. Rollins yelling at the camera about Cesaro throughout the match. Uh, Nakamura uh, really uh, finds his way into a quick control as action falls outside. But not for long, Sling Blade and Falcon Arrow is not enough to keep Nakamura down. A fun and creative spot towards the back end of the match where uh, I believe... Rollins missed a clothesline or, or a kicking maneuver or something where he was attacking, bouncing off the ropes, and he ended up hooking his foot around the leg of Nakamura to bounce himself back into the action and get right back into an offensive position. I think this is the best match of the night uh, so far, at least through this card. Uh, Seth Rollins wins with a uh, curb stomp and uh, Nakamura, and even though taking the loss there, Nakamura and Rollins did put on a, a pretty, pretty solid match. As we go further on throughout the night, though, we do see some better moments. And that's all going to be right here on the Daily DET Podcast. I'm going to go through the second half of the pay-per-view right here, right after our fantastic ad break. So don't miss anything. Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. 
On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 22nd, 1999, Stone Cold Steve Austin turned an episode of Raw into a beer bath from Albany, New York. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated the Big Show, and this was also the Big Show's WWF in-ring debut. Uh, the Big Show, I talked about this a while back when Big Show found his way to AEW uh, and, and all these moments that he had. But this was his in-ring. Today, on this day in 1999, was his in-ring debut day as well. Uh, so, fun fact there. But the biggest moment from that episode of Raw uh, was when Stone Cold Steve Austin drove out with the beer truck and then sprayed down the McMahons uh, with all the beer. Uh, fantastic moment and considered by many to be the greatest moment in the history of Monday Night Raw. If you do a rankings list, you'll probably find that up there. Uh, for me, I think that designation goes to Shane McMahon dumping slime on Braun Strowman uh, last week. Oh, I'm, 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 don't worry, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> the things we watch on Monday Night Raw uh, today sometimes makes you scratch your head. But going back into Fast Lane, uh, we're going to talk about the uh, now the Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus no holds barred match, and what a match this was! I talked about in the predictions episode that I thought they were going to be the ones to steal the show here. They were going to have a pretty good match because McIntyre and Sheamus always really want to to go above and beyond, and they they did. They really did go above and beyond. And Drew McIntyre even in his in his presentation and his entrance went above and beyond himself. McIntyre in blue and white face paint representing the Scottish flag. I thought he looked pretty pretty cool there. Uh, a really, really nice look, and uh, something that was different and unexpected that I think went over pretty well. Uh, it doesn't take long for the action to fall outside, uh, making a mess uh, of the outside ring area by grabbing weapons and reorganizing furniture ringside by moving around the steel steps and everything like that. Sheamus putting the kendo stick in the mouth of McIntyre to stretch out the previously injured jaw from months back. We all know McIntyre and Orton, they had that whole jaw thing when he kept on punting him and all stuff like that. And then uh, McIntyre retaliates with a really nice spot as well with uh, putting the kendo stick in the eye of Sheamus. Uh, the two brawl into the Thunderdome beyond the barricade, so into the screens area, and the two uh, even make their way up into the uh, actual fans area itself where the screens are McIntyre throwing Sheamus through Thunderdome screens I wonder how that expensive was to fix uh, yeah they got to make the most of it given the fact that uh, baseball season is coming back soon and the Tampa Bay Rays they, they kind of have to use that <laughs> to play some baseball WWE has been a great resonance if you will but uh, they're gonna have to uh, find another spot whether that is I, I couldn't even say Amway because the Magic are still playing and I guess they can go back to the Performance Center, but do we really want to see them back in the Performance Center? I don't think so. I guess they can maybe stay in Tampa Bay uh, with Raymond James, but that's a WrestleMania place. That's really going to be a... F they have to find a place to stay, and there has been rumors floating about, but it's going to be tough for them. There really, really is going to be difficult, especially to set up the Thunderdome set. They like to do that only once, and you know they set it up at Amway. They did it once, and they took it down when they had to because the Magic were starting basketball, and then uh, they put it up in, in Tropicana, and now they're going to take it down again because baseball starting soon. Really going to be a fun ride to see where they end up. 
maybe they find their way to upstate New York. How about <laughs> why not? I'm trying to go to a couple shows. Uh, Brogue kick to McIntyre before the action gets back in the ring. White noise through the announce table as action falls back inside the ring. Sheamus gets overzealous and a future shock DDT from McIntyre and a Claymore kick for McIntyre to pick up the victory as he is on his merry way to WrestleMania to face Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Obviously, McIntyre, in my head, was no question going to win this match. And I think he did a pretty good job here. Uh, really representing what he means to this company, and he's always going to be a fighter, and he always uh, pushes the boundaries a little bit, and the WWE gives him that leeway, and I felt like he did push the boundaries a bit, especially with that Thunderdome throwing him through the screen spot. I thought that was pretty fun. Next match, and a very, very fun match, and an important match as well, Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss. Yeah, you heard that right, Orton versus Bliss. Uh, intergender match. Uh, Orton during his entrance coughing up black liquid once again as he goes up to the middle rope as he usually does his pose. Before he can do so, he's coughing up that black goo or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Alexa Bliss on her entrance looking very ghastly and pale, but in a good way. Not in an actual, like, she's not physically sick, but the makeup that she had on, she had a very, very dark circles around her eyes and a ghastly, ghastly look, which I thought was a very good makeup aesthetic if uh, Bliss was going for that type of grimace and the ghastly look it was great uh orton almost set on fire as the match starts as he walks towards alexa alexa bliss with flames just shooting up from the ring on a good camera cut as well so you couldn't see the actual pyro where it was coming from you just saw the flames which i thought was awesome uh he runs himself into the ring post randy orton this match is moving at a very methodical pace so you have to imagine all these things moving very slowly as i'm running through this podcast i try to keep these as short as possible for you so you can listen to it on your morning drive or something like that and uh, so I, I i run through these but this match is very methodical it moved at a, at a slow pace if you will. Uh, Bliss drops lights near Orton, almost striking him. So you all see those cartoons where you had the lights from the, the set almost fall on the person. Well, that happened in this on this uh, uh, pay-per-view in Fastlane. And then Bliss shoots a fireball at Randy Orton, similar to how she did on, uh, I believe it had to be a month ago now, uh, shooting a fireball at Randy Orton and hitting uh, Randy Orton uh, in the face. Uh, this one, they said that it was deflected away by Orin. I think it might have missed him completely. But uh, we, we're living in a world where Pyro might not be the best bet for a lot of people can't into AEW. Uh, a mangled hand reaches through the ring and grabs Orton's ankle. And the Fiend is back. And, oh, not only is he back, but he's burnt and he's mangled. He is just nasty looking. The Fiend makes his way through the ring. And you see this look and his mask is completely different. It, it's charred. It's melted. And it's 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 grotesque. It's everything that, that you would imagine something being set on fire coming back to life looking like. And it almost looks like, if you've ever seen that Jeff Goldblum movie, The Fly, it almost looks like that at the very end where the Goldblum's jaw falls off. And even towards the back end of the movie, where at the end end, uh, where the fly is mixed with the actual machine itself. And it's just like a creature that, that has to be put down. It was just like, ugh, ugh. It was really, really a nasty look, but a perfect look for something that you want to look that disgusting in the case that Bray Wyatt did there. I thought it was a fantastic return coming through the ring, fire shooting up from the turnbuckles after Bliss 
pins Orton after a sister Abigail from The Fiend. So Bliss did pick up the victory. I thought it was a great match. Very methodical match that moved at a nice slow pace. And it did everything right. I think it really did everything right. I know there's some people that didn't enjoy this match because it wasn't really a match. But this, honestly, I... I to change the heading of this segment from the Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss match to the Fiend return segment, and it would be fine. It, that, that's pretty much all it was, and they needed something to return the Fiend with, and they got it with Randy Orton taking on Alexa Bliss. Moving on to our main event, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship with special ringside enforcer Edge. Uh, Roman Reigns coming into this as the champion, obviously, if you've been watching. Uh, Brian trying to grapple early on, forcing Reigns off his game and on his heels. Uh, Brian able to take down Roman Reigns a couple times. Reigns having to grab the ropes every so often with Brian. It's almost like a chess match, these two, where Reigns is being very calculated in what he's trying to do. And Brian almost toying with Roman Reigns because he knows he's so much of a better mat wrestling grappler than Roman Reigns is. Is that they really came through the screen as as a almost genuine. It really felt like Daniel Bryan toying with Roman Reigns, knowing that he can't stick with him on this level. But Roman Reigns getting his comeuppance uh, or dealing out what Daniel Bryan was giving back to him in his own sense by hitting him with strong, strong strikes to gain position, using his strength as well. So the chess match there going back and forth with Daniel Bryan trying to use his submission maneuvers and less than his strikes, even though we did see a good amount of yes kicks in this match. And Roman Reigns just trying to be that bully, obviously, with those strong, heavy hands raining down on Daniel Bryan. Reigns dominates, starts talking to Bryan uh, throughout the match, wanting him to acknowledge him as the tribal chief. Uh, Bryan starts to rally his action falls outside. Uh, Brian looking for the yes lock and rolls away from the ropes. That This was when the action fall back into the ring. And uh, Roman Reigns really having a tough time getting out of that yes lock. But end up breaking free by prying away the fingers. Brian accidentally takes out the official and a spear by Roman Reigns. And Edge enters the ring to count the pinfall. But Brian kicks out. If uh, Edge entered sooner, it would have been a 1-2-3. So uh, it Ed, excuse me, Roman Reigns would have won the match if there was an official there and that spear happened. But since Edge entered the ring late, not in a in a in a bad way, in a, in a non-scripted way, but in a, hit the Edge entered late, not causing uh, the victory there. Brian has the yes lock in once again, and then Jay Uso enters and saves Roman Reigns by attacking Edge and Daniel Bryan. Bryan uses the chair uh, when he gets back up and attacks Uso. Uh, and then Brian accidentally hits Edge with the chair. So Brian not doing a great job of uh, fending away the officials in this one. Uh, Reigns is trapped in the yes lock once again and actually taps out. And it was a very slight tap. He, and I thought it told so much more than him slamming the mat and, you know, actually being in, in that moment. He was like, he was regrettingly tapping. So he was slightly tapping the, the fingers of of. Daniel Bryan while they crossed his face in the yes lock but since Edge was uh, down because of the chair shot uh, no one was able to see 
uh, the tap out, and the match continued. Edge snaps on both Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, attacks both of them with a steel chair, and then leaves pretty much a rage quit. I saw that on Twitter. I thought that was hilarious. Edge just rage quitted from the match. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. And he, and he left completely. A new ref enters, and Roman j- just slides over and pins Daniel Bryan to retain the Universal Championship. I thought this was a fantastic match. So many stories going on at the same time with Daniel Bryan technically kind of picking up the victory there uh, in a sense where Reigns did tap out, but no one was there to see it. Uh, Roman Reigns also pinning Daniel Bryan, and but no one was there to count the one, two, three. At least Edge wasn't there uh, in a quick enough a manner. And then Edge uh, being so mad because he's being attacked multiple times that he rage quits away from the match. I think Daniel Bryan just inserted himself, not officially, nothing. Not, this is not official, this is just me speculating here. I think Daniel Bryan just inserted himself into this match at WrestleMania, and uh, it's going to be a triple threat, especially given the fact that Reigns tapped out. Once again, this is all speculation. But think about the story you're telling there. Uh, And a lot of people have mentioned this prior, but I feel like this is now a really good time to bring it up. Edge retired back in 2011 because of neck injury. Daniel Bryan had to retire uh, back in, I believe, 2016 or 2017 because of uh, concussion issues. Roman Reigns diagnosed with leukemia, having to step away from his career to battle leukemia. So for now, all three of them coming together at a point of main event WrestleMania, three guys that honestly aren't supposed to be here right now in the WWE, and now all are, and now all back in the main event scene. Uh, no better way to cap off a WrestleMania. That would be something that I would be really, really excited to watch, especially if they decide to tell that story and go down that narrative route. Uh, at this point, the, if I gotta, you gotta figure out how they're gonna insert Daniel Bryan into this match. Uh, I feel like there's gonna have to be some. Uh, is it gonna be Pierce that's gonna be the one that puts him in this match? Is it gonna be another match that gets Daniel Bryan into this match? Uh, either way, I feel like it will be a triple threat. At Mania, and some of my favorite matches at WrestleMania are triple threat matches. The Rome, uh, excuse me, uh, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Triple H triple threat match for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 24. Even though it wasn't a long match, it was one of my favorite matches of all time. Just it holds a sentimental place in my heart, and I feel like this can tell a similar story, especially given the fact that, as I mentioned, uh, all three of these guys aren't really supposed to be in the WWE right now. They aren't supposed to be wrestling right now. Their careers are supposed to be over because of either injury or, or disease with Roman Reigns you know the, the technically these guys aren't supposed to be here so for them to be here not only be here and be in that main event scene once again absolutely fantastic we're going to talk about in our next episode tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw I'm also going to talk a little bit about Andrade in our special segment there and I'm going to talk about what his career could look like next after the WWE something you're not going to want to miss and uh, I want to hear your input as well Hit me up at Jaden Becker TV. Also hit up Fansided DDT on Twitter as well. We want to hear what you have to say about all that. And uh, with Andrade, it's going to be very, very fun to see him in some different uh, mindset and a mindset where he's clear-headed and going to be able to work uh, without the burden of the WWE hanging over his head. So now, either in AEW, either in Impact, either wherever he could find Andrade. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun to see. And what can he do next? What he, can he do next after the WWE? Because we've seen people do it. We've definitely seen people do it. We've seen Miro. We've seen Pac. We've seen Moxley. 
is Andrade the next one? Is Andrade the next one? That's going to be fun to talk about. But that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and using the code FANSIDED20, all caps, at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at TV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.